All right, and hack, we are live. Welcome to the USDN, or correction. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is USDN, but it's the uh, <laughs> episode three of Quan. The Queen of Nerdstim, episode three, talking about the DC Gotham heroes. Although we spent a lot of time uh, talking about Marvel. You know, I'm kind of partial, but not that there's no love to our, our, our DC homies out there. So um, so welcome to the United States Department of Nerds. It's the USDN for short. It's the home of the Queens of Nerddom podcast. Uh, please continue to bear with us as we continue to grow and build this into something that all nerds from all walks of life, they can come, hang out, learn, and share. Awesome. So much. I love that intro so much. Oh my god. Every time just chills. That stuff gets me so pumped. I'm just like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, I saw you dancing. It was making me laugh. It was great. And thanks, DFPN. Um, so speaking of DFPN, uh, we're coming to our shot part of the uh night, I guess, time frame. Um, so what are you drinking, Jen? Um lots of things um i know we wanted to do a uh salute to willie mm -hmm. and his family all of our dfm family and um i always like to also continue to go to growth always uh i'm over here taking a shot of uh what is this ciroc patron so i have oh. my mrs always right um it's my, uh, it was my anniversary yesterday. So these are our anniversary 
like a shot Aww, glass. Happy so. anniversary. Thank you. I'm sorry. <laughs> you were asking me what I was shooting. Yep. That's exactly what I was, but it's cool. Like you sorry. went with it. I was just like, all right. Um, <laughs> you know, you always talk about Ciroc. So I got the peach Ciroc. Oh, that's a good one. It's a good old reliable. I love peach anything. Yeah, I asked, asked the old hubby. I'm like, hey, I need a shot. Will you grab me something? And I'm like, uh, so he's like, yeah, I got you some peach Ciroc. Because he always talked about it, and I don't branch out much. So I my peach Ciroc over here. DFPN said it perfectly. So uh, we're going to go ahead and take a shot to Mac, our favorite Willie, you know, uh, to growth and to uh, my anniversary. Shots, everybody. Cheers. Salud. 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 All right. So, um, there's going to be a, a lot of information, as always. I feel like we need to warn people. Uh, a lot of information that we're bringing to you that nearly just scrapes the surface of the things that are available. There are so many comic books and, and animated things that, that you can watch, and we are barely scraping the surface. So as always, if you want to join us in in the comments and um, kind of help the conversation along, we always appreciate everybody joining in uh, with us. Um, but we really want to prevent going down endless rabbit holes. So in a three hour long podcast, um, just, this isn't going to fly. So we're just going to highlight things that, uh, Tay and I think are important. Yes. So today, uh, today's episode, we're going to bring you the Gotham city heroes. Uh, it was voted by you guys. Um, and you're our wonderful people. So we're here for the people of the people, every Everybody's people. I don't know. Everybody's people's nerds. <laughs> um, so uh, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and go into uh, my first one, which is our good old Batwing. 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 All right. So uh, to start off with, who is Batwing? So Batwing uh, is Lucas uh, Luke Fox. Um, he's the son of Lucis Fox. Um and his origin of like how he became Batwing is that he actually uh, saved Bruce Wayne's life. And then um, he gains like Batman's attention because Bruce Wayne is Batman. In case you guys didn't know, I'm sorry, spoiler alert if you didn't know, but um, now you know. <laughs> um, so though, although he was noticed, uh, Batman ended up choosing, um, I'm sorry, I'm gonna probably butcher like some of these names because I, don't really, um, I'm not good with reading. I'm just gonna go ahead and say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like it's it's gonna happen. So he chooses David uh, Zavimbe, Zavimbe? Yeah, there we go, there we go, <laughs> to be Batman. Um, but David ended up resigning and then Batman ended up choosing Fox to become the new Batwing. So uh, the first, like, I'm going to talk about, like, his arcs and, like, his major um, pieces of his, like, works uh, that you can see him in. So the first one is the Fangs of Doom. 
Um, so what the background about that is that he was stationed in the uh, DR Congo and he finds himself in the swarm of the um, Mar, uh, Mar, <laughs> Marbuda? Mar Marbuda. Marabuda, there we go. Uh, soldiers um, and who they are are they're a high, they're a high tech army of ant um, themed like mercenaries. Like literally, and they ants? yeah, like Ant Man, like little antennas. Oh, that's awesome. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. Um, so they um, they're ant themed mercenaries uh, that operate in. Um, the Congo, obviously, that's in, like, Africa, right? And, like, a little geography lesson there. Um, so Luke was there to gather intel about their leader and um, report back. Uh, so the, lead the leader was Lady uh, Marabuda. And um, she, told the she told Luke that there were mercenaries that had, like, these high-tech weapons. Um, that were there for like illegal mining and selling like diamonds. So what does he do? He doesn't just like get intel and like dip out like Batman wants him to. He ends up actually like venturing into the mine, um, and then he has to confront um, a lion mane who is like a another villain. That's a uh, part of that, and. Lion Main like hopes that he has like three wives, so he hopes that his three wives can fight off Luke. Um, but they don't, so there's an epic battle that ensues, and then uh, this almost costs Luke his life. So then Luke mm -hmm. returns to Gotham and he visits his family for dinner. So Lucius Fox, right? He's there with his dad, and uh, Lucius like mm -hmm. finds out that Luke didn't take the job offer uh, from Wayne Enterprise um, because he went to Africa and mm -hmm. Lucius at this point doesn't actually know that he is Batwing right um, so doesn't know? correct okay so Lucius doesn't know his own so son Father Fox so. does not know that Baby Fox shady like heard his son and like don't yeah, and it's hilarious because of, like, like, Lucius Fox, like, no shit, right? Like, so why why keep this a secret? I don't really know. know. Maybe to, like, protect his identity, but um, for whatever reason, he didn't tell him. So Bruce Wayne didn't tell um, Father Fox. <laughs> Uh, so their discussion is actually interrupted by a uh, Marbarita um, attack. So like all those like little ant themed mercenaries come and attack in the middle of them having dinner and this giant argument about like, why didn't you accept this job? Luke thinks it's because the mercenaries found out about him, um, like his identity. Um, but then it turns out that they're not. Uh, Luke is like a badass. And he kicks their butts, like, uh, without his suit, because he doesn't have a suit. His dad doesn't know who he is, but he can have a suit, right? Father Fox, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to call him Big Fox and Father Fox right now. It's, it's, it's what it is, Luke and uh, Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Luke kicks, like, all of their asses, right, uh, without his suit, and he survived being multiple times i'm like i don't even know if i could be survive getting shot once but multiple times all right good for you 
So um, his father was kidnapped and um, Luke then contacts Batman and was instructed to not get involved and allow Batman to handle it. So, you know, Luke is like, all right, cool, man. Like, I'll go and do my thing. So then he um, returns to his parents' house and he found his mother and his sisters there. Um, and he leaves them to go like investigate the house. Um, but then they leave to go to like a dinner party or something. Um, and he was like, he found some, um, so Luke finds tactical gear, uh, made by, but made for Batman by his father. Um, and then he realizes why the mercenaries were there. It was because of his father, father Fox, rather than him. Um, then he ended up um, grabbing his suit and meeting up with Batman. And now the house is like completely like left alone. Nobody's there. Um, so Batman and Batwing uh, track down the mercenaries and, um, and uh, they find Lucius because they, Lucius has like a tracker in him because all employees of, um, of the like top tier uh Batman Enterprises, the Wayne Enterprises, sorry. Hey, McCoy. <laughs> um, so all of the top tier uh, employees all have a tracer in them. Um, just in case they did get like uh, kidnapped or anything, that way that they could find them. Um, so then the bats infiltrate the hideout and begin to have this like another fight, right? Um, Batman... Uh, ends up like fighting like all these soldiers and Batwing leaves. So uh, baby Fox, uh, Luke Fox, <laughs> um, <laughs> he leaves. <laughs> so he leaves um, to go find his father. He ends up finding him and he's, his father is like bound to this chair. Okay. And there's like an ant like meta being like draining his mind yeah literally there were like pictures of it and i was like this is disgusting but okay <laughs> and it's via like an enormous ant larva that was like um attached to the technical wiring then um, like luke acted like super quickly he was like oh my god what the hell uh grabbed a batarang and then like threw that shit and um he wasn't aware if <laughs> He wasn't aware if it was going to kill his father or not, um, but it ended up not doing that. And uh, the ant was paralyzed and it was quickly defeated because of uh, Luke's fast thinking. Starship Troopers is a whole nother thing. <laughs> we can, you know what? Maybe we'll do, we'll talk about that on USDN with our, uh, our franchises that we have coming up. We'll see. Yeah. Like a smart bug thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's literally while I was like reading and I was like, oh, this is like super gross. Um, <laughs> so now we fast forward to um, Luke uh, gets his father out and he's getting his father the medical attention that he needs and then returns to his parents' home to find out that there are cops there. And um, his mother is standing there, like, trying to say that, like, their parents' home got raided. Like, his parents' home got raided 
uh, while he was gone because he wasn't there because he was trying to save his father's life. But his mom's like, you're going out and doing hood rat shit. Why? Like, you just left the house unaccounted for, and now it has been raided, and we don't have our valuables. And he's like, but you have your father. You have my father, right? Like, but, yeah. So after realizing that he couldn't defuse the situation, he ends up leaving. Um, he went on a date with his girlfriend, uh, Xenia, um, and then he didn't tell her that he was going to Africa for several months. So, you know, that obviously goes well when you don't tell your girlfriend that you're leaving for several months. Um, so then she uh, only agrees to go on this date with him to officially end their relationship. So then she leaves and Luke is having one of those like sad boy in the rain trying to look back like <laughs> that you see in like every movie sad music playing He's yeah exactly like, yeah little you know violin or whatever <laughs> so <laughs> anyway <laughs> yes the middle violin the world's smallest violin sorry anyway <laughs> so um she leaves and yes sad baby fox <laughs> And Luke ends up suiting up um, because he sees a person fleeing like an exploding build building. So he's like, oh, I got to go like over there and go check that out. So he goes over there and checks it out. Um, and when he arrives on station, uh, he runs into Lady Vic. And Lady Vic uh, wants to go into a battle with Batman, but she ends up uh, meeting Batwing and is like, I guess this will do. She's not really impressed. Um but she then matches him in combat and defeats him using an electronic uh, like um, distributor mm -hmm. um, that shuts down his entire suit. Yeah, on station. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Sorry, that's my inner Air Force that I wrote that. It just made sense to me. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But anyway, Luke manages to place a tracker on her before uh, she flees the scene. Um, and how she flees the scene is she like through Luke off the building she was like yeet, yeet. and then he went flying off the building <laughs> um but luke ends up surviving because he was able to reconfigure his suit and then uh activate his little wings and uh yeah. like soar off the building um so then he goes back to his apartment to change into his suit and and he wants to make changes to it because he doesn't want it to rely on electricity which is exactly like how society is now going which is kind of funny but anyway like he doesn't want his suit to be so reliant on electricity um and then when he gets there he actually ends up finding his girlfriend whose father had died that night uh and then he still reveals that like she has feelings for him and then they spend like the night together and they have like a whole whole thing um but then the last thing um that happens that wing uh, contacts Batman uh, the next day um, about the tracker for Lady Vic, mm -hmm. and then he tracks Vic down and uh, finds out that she allowed him to actually plant that tracker on her. Um, mm -hmm. Their altercation was brief, mm -hmm. and Luke admits that she is the better fighter and didn't actually want um, to fight her, and that's the end of it. Like, that's the end of his, like, background story for now, like, for his um, comic stuff. So uh, for his powers, uh, he doesn't have any. 
but his abilities, he has high intellect, which is very similar to his father. He is a skilled uh, engineer, Seems which is why uh, he wanted to go into Wayne Enterprises yeah. um, with the engineering skills that he has. Uh, he's very um, skilled in combat, hence the not having a suit and being able to kick like multiple asses. Um, mm -hmm. He's an accomplished martial arts uh, fighter. He has gadgets, uh, which are like the standard, like um, Batman, like gadgets. Uh, but a few of them that I wrote down was that he has a grappling gun, um, daggers, which are used for slicing and shredding opponents, um, vapor bats, which are mechanical bats that release sleeping gas, and then sprays um, that have like hallucinogenic gas and pepper spray. So they're like two different sprays that he has. And then he has his bats. Um, he has two different vehicles. He has a Batwing Tumbler, which is a car. Um, so it has like front-mounted guns, um, missile firing capabilities, thrusters, and gliders for like uh, flight. It's also heavily armored and bulletproof. And then he has his Batwing Cycle, which is a motorcycle. Um, it's the front-mounted guns. Um, armored body and custom wheels for on and off-road maneuvering. Uh, places that you can like see him in actual like film or series um, is he is featured in the Batwing um, Bad Blood, which is an animated series, uh, or correction, I think that might be a movie, and Batwoman, uh, which is the TV series, and that was a live action um, that he did. Okay. That's Batwing. Wow. I never knew uh, one of them that uh, was Lucius Fox, Morgan Freeman's son. Like you, like when you're like Lucius Fox, I'm like, it's Morgan Freeman's son. Like, that's, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, to build upon you, um, I want to talk about Batgirl. Okay. okay. Um, so much like Batwing, Batgirl is a member of the Bat family. Uh, she is one of Batman's sidekicks, much like Robin. Um, that's AKA Dick Grayson. There are many, the many other Robins that are out there. Um, the original Batgirl was Bette Kane. Now she made her first appearance in 1961 in Batman issue 139. So uh, there's also uh, Barbara Gordon was also a um, Batgirl in 1967. And then Helena Bertinelli in 1999 mm -hmm. was also a uh, Batgirl. And then also Cassandra Kane in 1999, mm -hmm. Batgirl, I think. Okay. Um, primarily, I wanted to talk about Barbara Gordon. So she... <laughs> Eric's talking about Luke, I know your father. It can be in like Batman's voice, like, I'm Batman. Luke, I know your father. So, all right. Um, so Barbara Gordon, from 1967 to 1988, she was Batgirl. She was the most popular character to appear during the Silver Age of comic books. 
What's the silver Lily stainless. Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad you asked. Okay. Well, <laughs> what does that mean? Silver age? I'm like, that makes no sense. So, does it mean like silver hair? Like <laughs> That's what I thought. Oh, okay. <laughs> silver box. Like my brain went all sorts of different ways on that one. Um, so the golden age of comics was from 1938 to 1954. And this is actually the first appearance of Superman. Oh. And the Silver Age was from 1956 to 1970. The Bronze Age was from 1970 to 1986. And then the Modern Age is 1986 to present. Okay. That makes sense because modern age. Right? Yeah. Just a little, little, little history lesson. I, I was like, dang, I didn't know comic books were around for so damn long. So, yeah. Um, so, um, She's, um, in the 1970s, due to her being on the 1960s Batman TV show. Um, is that the one with, like, that was a live action, right? That wasn't a comic? I think okay. that was like, with Adam West and stuff. It was like, the, yeah, the first. Okay. Dude, I remember watching that. I was like, man, that's awesome. <sighs> yeah. Anyways. Um, and she was consistently on that show. And, and in the media, and she was actually used as an advocate for women's rights. Okay. Which I was kind of, I was like, that's kind of cool to mention on the Queens, but I might throw that in there. Um, so, a little caveat. So, Gordon's motivation for crime, crime fighting was entirely altruistic. It was not the same, like, like the characters of like Batman or Robin who are like these torture. Okay. She just wanted to help people. Oh, that's sweet. Right? So she's very independent of her male superheroes, unlike other female superheroes like Batwoman. And um, there's another Batgirl. It's really weird. There's Batgirl and then there's Bat hyphen girl. Okay. I'm not going to get into that. Okay. <laughs> That's a rabbit hole for another time. <laughs> yeah. Like Eric said, the 70s were crazy. They lived in a refurbished family. <laughs> and then there's that. <laughs> but she she's totally independent from the other guys. Totally, like, different, like, take on a character. Like, she's not tortured. She's totally altruistic. Like, she just wants to help people. Mm-hmm. So... Kind of depending on the continuity of what you read. She's either Commissioner Gordon's niece or his daughter. Okay. Now. Like biological she, daughter or? Right. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So either niece or daughter, kind of depending on which one you read. I won't really get into it because it's a little bit of a rabbit hole because it kind of branches out in different things. But, um. Pretty early on in her career, she is forced into retirement due to a gunshot wound that um, paralyzes her. I guess oh, okay, okay. pulled the trigger. His picture is on the wall behind you. The Joker. Yes. Oh, okay. I know. That jerk. So she's paralyzed from the waist down, and this happens during the um, Batman the Killing Joke. Oh, that's, a, um, that's good. Yeah. So at the time, this I was like, dude, 
So wait, wait, yes, he shot her. And you actually look at the comic book, it's actually pretty gnarly. Like he shoots her and it's just, it's really heartbreaking for her character. He shoots her and it like goes through her spine and like paralyzes her. Like it, like I, I was like reading it and I was like, oh man. So she's paralyzed and this actually is not well received from fans because they feel like at the time, like female characters were not like used as a central theme. You know, they're just kind of like these side characters, like add the plots to the story. And it kind of made them mad because I think, you know, Barbara Gordon's um, Batgirl had such a weight to it. So they were mad. But DC was smart. They morphed her into something else. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I I, kind of wonder if they got this feedback and they're like, oh, damn, we messed up. We need to fix this. Yeah, because, like, we're talking about women's rights and, like, how can you not, like, keep women, like, around as heroes? Because, I mean, I feel like you're a hero, you know? Like, you know, you're like a nurse. So, like, why are you? You're a hero. So, like, we got to keep heroes around, you know? Especially one so loved. Just a little, my personal opinion, side note, you got Khaleesi and Game of Thrones and you made her out to be a bad guy. You pissed off a lot of people. Just gonna throw that out there. I don't know. Ooh. Like, uh, when I opened so, up the can of worms, I opened yeah. up the can of worms. Did I? Yeah, you did. <laughs> you did that. <laughs> I did. I did. That just happened. That just that, happened. I don't know. So, Khaleesi, like, to go off in like a little like tangent, just real quick, just like a, a, little a partial tangent, little everyone. tangent. Just a little tangent. Just, just a tad. Um, so, I think it was an epic, like, sense of like her. Like, exactly how she had started uh, and, like, her arc of, like, how she had become a villain. It was, it was basically after her father. Like, she was she was the Mad King's daughter, you know? Like, so the, the arc of, like, how she became a Mad Queen um, made sense because she was just killing people left and right. And then she didn't have um, to, like... She didn't have to stop killing people. She had her dragons. She was like, I'm a badass. I can kill all of you. So she did. And that's my little tangent. No, no. I I agree with you on a lot of points. But I, I think AD kind of hit it. It shows that bad guys aren't bad for no reason. She's kind of became bad for a reason. And to me, she's not necessarily bad mm-hmm. she's a part of all the things that happened to her and i just hate that they they made her into a villain that's what made me mad because i was always rooting for her the whole time and you know like and we all were we all were rooting yeah, for her to get you know, to all, the all these shitty things to her and you know it's like oh well, she, you know, she needs to be the better person like fuck that I would totally get the Westeros and I would blow up the red keep and anyways. sorry I'm going to stop the tangent because I could probably <laughs> <laughs> that's a show for another time I mean like you can keep going if you want like this is like really you know interesting stuff but 100% we can like put this off for a different time we can talk about uh, maybe Game of Thrones heroes and villains uh, yeah yeah, okay. Sorry. Oh, so um, 
So a lot of people were upset about the fact that Barbara Gordon was paralyzed. So I think they realized they messed up, in my opinion, just an opinion. And they morphed her into a character that went by the codename Oracle. So from 1989 to 2011, um, she operated as a, a data broker or more like a, their IT person to help with Batman and like other good guys in the worldwide of communications and espionage. And she became, um, she went under the, the codename Oracle. Now, during her time as an Oracle, she trained Cassandra Kane, more on that later, and Stephanie Brown, she both, whom she both mentors them, and they take up the Batgirl mantle. Um, it is a while later, I think later in 2011, that she's able to take up the Batgirl mantle again when she's able to walk again. Okay. So she's not paralyzed again. But she doesn't ever like regain the role <laughs> of Batgirl. No, she does. She does. She does. She takes the mantle back up and she's able to walk again. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Took some time, but she she got back in there. Um, so out of all the Batgirls um, that I have read, she is often the the most adapted version, Barbara Gordon, of Batgirl, mm -hmm. and, and and like relating to like like the whole like Batman franchise. Like she is like to me, like Barbara Gordon, like is Batgirl. Okay. She's like she's amazing. Okay. Okay, you you can have your opinion on that because there's a uh, more coming for another Batgirl now. There's more. There's more. <laughs> so um, now we're gonna go into some Cassandra Kane, uh, who actually is the fourth Batgirl, um, as Jen so eloquently put it. She took up the mantle in 1999, and then um, depending on like how you read the comics, especially with the uh, new generation of comics, the New Fifty Two that came out, um, she's kind of like still a bat girl and we'll get more into that later um so the different aliases that she has is black bat uh black girl um the one uh who is all um cassie Cass, and the orphan yeah i wrote a little bit about that i think a little bit later i am anxiously waiting to hear that okay okay <laughs> one who is all um so uh her origin so a little bit of a background for her is that her father is david kane um and he trained Cass to uh be like he trained her in isolation and he kept her away from uh human speech um so she did not talk um, this gifted Cass um, with being able to read body language, you know, like Ursula uh, talks about body language. In brain brain, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, to predict their next moves. Um, EJ said that she um, she ran as an orphan and then helped out the Titans. Yeah. Um, mm hmm. Um, so this also, um, because she didn't use words, uh, this ended up, uh, causing her to develop, um, learning disabilities, uh, such as dyslexia. Um, so, you know, um, like 
she tried to do like what she could do and we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, so when she was eight, um, Kane, so her, uh, father took Cass, uh, on a hit with him to carry out a hit. Um, and then she did exactly as her father instructed and ended up ripping out a man's throat. What? Yeah. Blood. um and then due to her body language reading ability she was able to see how her actions had affected the man that she had ripped like the throat out of and that traumatized her fatality (laughs) yes A little bit of Mortal Kombat for you, you know? <laughs> um, so uh, her father came to congratulate her. And Cass was like, nah, dude, I'm done. Like, and runs away. Um, and is like, she rejected him and then like fled in full up tears. Um, so this comes to our first uh, major arc uh, that we're going to talk about uh, for her. She has a lot of uh, content out there. So I'm just going to talk about a couple of the ones and then I'll talk about the one, like I'll tell you what each of the arcs are and kind of give you a synopsis of it to avoid going down these rabbit holes that we had so talked about during the um, the USDN uh, alert. Um, yeah, <laughs> it is super hard. Um, so. Uh, this is the new, uh, this is pre-new 52 uh, Batgirl. Um, so she was trained not only by her father, but also by uh, Bronze Tiger, Merlin, and Alpha, like um, amongst others. Um, Katz spent the next nine years of her life uh, because she did this hit when she was eight. Like eight years old, and she ran away. That's my, um, my little son is eight. Oh. I get that. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> um, my my stepson's actually eight too, so I can't like imagine. Yeah. But um, yeah. Um, so Cass spent uh the next nine years homeless and beating herself up uh of like what had transpired at the ripe age of eight. Like, can you imagine trying to kill somebody at eight years old? Like, because I can't. But anyway, <laughs> um, she, uh, while she was beating herself up, she also traveled the world. Um, and this is how uh, she ended up coming um, into entering. <laughs> yeah, who was a snapping next when they were eight years old? You know, just, you know. Yeah, because that's, that's a normal thing, right? People do that all the time. No, just me. Okay. (laughs) Um, So she entered um, Gotham City uh, during No Man's. Sorry, my dog is um, wanting some attention, real quick. So um, she entered Gotham City uh, during No Man's Land and became a courier for Oracle. So Barbara Gordon, like I just talked about. And that's how she had uh, first started uh, doing things with the Bat family. Um, So Oracle took her on as a student and then tried to teach her how to read and write because, you know, motherly instinct, right? You're not going to just, like, let 
It's like this child. She is still a child. Yeah. Girl. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so she was trying to teach her how to read and write. Um, and then this is how Cass becomes involved with the Bat family. And then after seeing the uh, handiwork of her father um, and realizing that he was planning on actually killing Commissioner Gordon, she confronted him and ended up saving the commissioner. Um, she was given the Batgirl costume with the blessings of Batman and Oracle. Fun fact. Yeah. They were like, you know what? You deserve to be a Batgirl. So she got a costume. Um, Cass works with Oracle as uh, Batgirl, and they were quite a team. Um, they were uh, involved in solving a uh, bombing at a diamond um, exchange that was done by Two-Face, um, who's a villain, uh, obviously, you know, um, with the um, Gotham, um, that had killed several people. When, um, when they got there, they only found six bodies, though. Um, and like the other bodies had disappeared. Uh, so they were trying to figure out like what had happened with them. Um, and they found out that they had been reanimated by the general, um, who was also known as a uh, trio. Uh, there's another comic that goes into that and I'll talk about that in a bit. Um, so then Cassie desires uh, a family due to living with the Bat family. Like, she's like, this is what a family is. We work together for the greater good, not for ripping out men's throats at the ripe age of eight. <laughs> um, so she ends up um, chasing down Lady Shiva, who she thought to be her mother. Uh, and this was against Batman's wishes. Um, Cassie ends up defeating her with like a cheap shot and requested Shiva to um, retrain her, like, to read people. Um, Shiva accepts but only the condition that in a year of um, this, like, in a year's time, um, mm -hmm. they will fight to the death um, so that they mm -hmm. can uh, continue. Um, you know, Makes eventually sense. this fight is going to happen again. So one year later... You know, one year later, mm -hmm. if you've ever watched SpongeBob. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, Cass and Shiva end up fighting. Um, she stays true to her, her like contract and like ends up fighting her. So Shiva actually ends up killing her in a matter of minutes. And Shiva restarts her heart, restarts Cass's like heart and realizes that Cassie has like a death wish. Um, mm -hmm. And they like discuss that. And mm -hmm. then once they come to like a mutual stand of like, cool, you have a death wish, but that's no way to live. Um, mm -hmm. The two fight again and Cassie wins. Um, so Shiva ends up revealing that she's part of the League of Assassins um, and recruits herself, uh, recruits call herself uh, one who is all. And <laughs> so Cassie is still trying to find out the answer uh, mm -hmm. to her question if Shiva is actually her mother. Um, mm -hmm. The duel that the two of them were having um, with this fight uh, gets interrupted by Mr. Freeze. Um, Cassie uh, convinces Mr. Freeze uh, to unfreeze her because Mr. Freeze freezes her. And he, she was like, hey, somehow like 
she, she's like a brilliant person. Um, she convinces uh, Freeze to unfreeze her uh, mm -hmm. to help um, save his wife, Nora, which is actually like how Mr. Freeze became Mr. Freeze. And that's a, that's a whole thing. That's a villain um, little side story. But anyway, um, so Cassie convinces uh, Freeze to refreeze his wife. And then um, Cassie ends up escaping um, to get out of that situation. So then um, finally making her way out, she encounter, um, Cassie and, and can't, blah, 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 sorry, encounters. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> get your man. <laughs> what are you doing over there? So... So um, Cassie, who is Cassandra Kane, right? She convinces um, Freeze to refreeze his wife. She escapes. She encounters Lady Shiva again mm -hmm. with her followers. Half of her followers um, end up joining Cassie. And then the other half are with uh, Lady Shiva. And uh, there's a giant fight that breaks out. Um, Cassie is attacked by Mad Dog, who is her brother, and is killed. Um, Shiva takes Cassie's body and walks away. And then um, Shiva ends up throwing her into this Lazarus pit. No. Not the Lazarus pit. The Lazarus pit. No. Not the Lazarus pit. She fell in a pit. <laughs> Sorry, if you've ever seen Parks and Rec. <laughs> You'll understand why I did that. Anyway, um, so Shiva uh, threw Cassie into this Lazarus pit and then waited for her to get reborn. Uh, there's more fighting that ensues. Um, Shiva is now getting the battle that she wants with Cassie. Um, and then she tells Cassie that she is. She is actually her mother. And uh, a few more other brutal details. Um, but Cassie was able to defeat Shiva once again and stabbed her uh, through a chained hook um, and then left her to die in the Lazarus pit. Um, and then Cassie... I'm sorry, what? So she just resurrected you, like rude. Sorry. Well, yeah, it was only to fight her, though, right? Like, she only really wanted this fight to happen. Like, and as soon as this fight happened, she realized, like, <laughs> it's okay. I'm getting into your story. I'm like, oh, man. No, 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 it's okay. Um, so Cassie realized, like, she's a terrible human being. It was just like, no, nah, you're going to die. <laughs> You're fucking terrible. She just resurrected you. Oh, good well, I'll give a fuck. <laughs> I'm killing bitch. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Um, so then Cassie is handed the cowl um, and returns back to Batman and then quits being Batgirl because of this. Robin ends up tracking Cassie down and um, finds her as the new leader of the League of the assassins and now is the one who is all title right um she was actually injected um with the serum by death uh stroke 
and this clouded her mind. Um, so Robin tries to reason with Cassie and um, she's just like, Robin, take this gun and kill my father and like prove to me that like I need to listen to you. And Robin refuses. So then Cassie kills her father. He's dead. So um, Kane's now dead. And then there is a fight that ensues between uh, Cassie and Robin. And then a large explosion appears, like it occurs. And mm -hmm. Cassie and Kane disappear. Yeah, they disappear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, that is the pre-New uh, 52 um, for the Batgirl. So the next arc that you have is uh, Ghost and Bat Batgirl. Sorry. Um, this goes into the uh, diamond exchange um, background of them solving um, that uh, debacle, <laughs> if you will. Um, and then uh, you have the Justice League elite, and uh, this is where Cassie is a uh, reformed assassin. Um, Batgirl returns. Uh, this is where Cassie joins the Bat family. Um, Nightwing isn't very happy about that. Um, Cassie actually ends up hacking into the Bat computer uh, to further hunt for her father. Um, and then Cassie finds him. Kane mocks her for like her demons that she has because everybody has demons, right? So her father's like, you silly girl. You got too many demons and they're silly. <laughs> so um, <laughs> so Cassie gets upset and um, Kane ends up falling like off the building but is saved by the lower roof like mm -hmm. um, and then uh, Batman ends up actually um, sending him to the hospital so he can survive uh, at this point uh, Batman actually adopts offers to adopt um, Cassie and this further drives her love for Batman as the father that she has always craved. Yeah, it's like super touching. <laughs> it was like so cute. I was like, <laughs> um, so then you have Batman and the Outsiders and this is where Batgirl joins the Outsiders, uh, Hong Kong and the uh, Black Bat. So Black Bat is Cassie, right? So uh, Bruce Wayne tells Cassie in uh, the event of his death that uh, the Batgirl mantle needs to go to be passed down to um, uh, Sophie Brown. Okay. Stephanie Brown, sorry. Correction. Okay. My bad. Um, then you have Batman Incorporated, and this is where Cassie involves operating of, uh, becomes um, an operative of the Batman Inc., uh, preventing Hong Kong. And this is uh, using the suit that was given to her by the time, uh, given to her at the time, um, and calls herself uh, Bat Black Bat. Did, did it say why Bruce Wayne wanted her to give the mantle to Stephanie Brown? Mm, I did not or, research that. That was a article that, that I was like, I just kind of glossed over. A gross thing, like, okay, you need to be something more, and then give your stuff. No, to I noticed that with a lot of comics, it's like. You give your mantle to someone else, and then you kind of grow into something different and something more hmm. magnificent. 
I've noticed that a lot with like DC comics. Like they, yeah. the characters like can will change into something when the character grows. Okay. With like the Barbara Gordon, yeah, I didn't. Um, yeah, you know how like they they do something and then they have they have like a big character change and then they grow into something else and someone takes their old mantle and kind of continues with it. I noticed that that theme with like DC. I was just wondering if that was one of them. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, it's a great question. Uh, I will get back to you on that because no, straight up, yeah, I no. don't remember. <laughs> no, you're well, good. Lots, I, lots of rabbit holes that you you know if you fall down you keep going. <laughs> uh yeah 100 which is why i was like i just need a gloss i just need the summary and then to continue um i don't know exactly uh who stephanie brown was uh to bruce wayne um so i didn't really research more into that um but that definitely is a rabbit hole uh that um you guys can definitely like research on your own time um later on down the line <laughs> Um, so, uh, the new 52 is future's end. Uh, this is where Cassandra becomes, um, uh, part of the league of bad girls. So this is why I was like, she ended up stopping being bad girl, but then she continued being bad girl now that there's the new 52. Um, so that's why I was like, still kind of actually bad girl, um, in a sense. Uh, there's, uh, there's Convergence, where Cassie uh, returns as Black Bat along with Red uh, Robin and um, uh, Batgirl as Brown. So um, she was still actually doing the things uh, with the Bat family, just as a different Bat person. Um, then there's Batman and Robin the um, Eternal. This is where Batman loses his memories and then Cassie teams up with um, Robin to investigate uh, the mother, which is a secret uh, criminal organization. Uh, Detective Comics Rebirth, which is where Batman enlists Batwoman, um, Bat, sorry, Batwoman, uh, to lead his new uh, team of Gotham vigilantes, and this is where they discovered the colony um, is trying to purge members uh, of the League of Shadows from mm -hmm. Gotham, and it's at the cost of several, like hundreds of innocent lives. Um, and then, like, that is the end of her um, main arcs. So, to go into the, her powers and abilities, um, she's an unarmed combat body. Um, Reading body language is like a really big part of like how she is so great at combat. Um, she, can, um, she has a weakness uh, perception, so she can see like what the weaknesses of her um, people are, intellect and weapons master. So for her equipment and weapons, um, she's got the bat gadgets, right? Batarangs, uh, grenades and grappling hooks. And then she also has the orphan um, suit and that one's the one without the hood. But instead, uh, her mask, uh, like she wears, um, is it covers her hood and the part where her mouth is. Um, she uses like the blood of her father's victims to like draw like a mouth on it. Um, but there's like stitching around the mouth because like she can't speak. Um, so, so 
There's the um, former Batgirl suit that was uh, created by Huntress, um, but then taken by Batman, and then it's her. And then she also has an original outfit from the New Fifty Two. It's a uh, hooded black and yellow like ninja outfit, um, and it's worn with like utility belt um, for her weapons. And then for a short period of time, she fastened a mask uh, with the blood. You gross. <laughs> But holy shit, it's cool, right? In the shape of Batman, um, as a symbol to, like, as in the Batman symbol um, for, like, from her father's uh, victims. Um, but this uh, is shown how, like, she is defiant uh, towards her father, but ad, uh, like, admires uh, Batman. But, like, if that doesn't say huge daddy issues, I don't really know what does. I was like, okay, so we constantly in this society like talk about daddy issues. Like she has some serious daddy issues. Daddy, mommy. <laughs> um, so then the media. Uh, so what she, what you guys can see like her in is the Justice League season one finale. Um, she's mm -hmm. in. That, as well as in the video game uh, Batman Dark Tomorrow and the DC um, Universe Online. Um, hold on, Jen. Like I, I think I'm having some interference coming over my headset real quick. Hold on. What is it? No, it. Okay, so it sounds like our producer Jeff is trying to get in touch with us, and right. he was saying that we're missing something. Um, missing? And it would be a shame. To not discuss Catwoman. Um, so, what do you think? Do you think we should show Catwoman like some love? Like, what do you think, girl? Yes. Okay. Okay, okay I have to be totally transparent here. So, you know, we, you know, how we did that whole poll, and I was like super disappointed. I'm like, oh, really? No Catwoman? Because I told you guys how much I love Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah. As Catwoman. You guys can come at me if you want, but I'm going to tell you why I think Michelle Pfeiffer is the best Catwoman ever. Okay. All right. Yes. Yes. Let's really talk about Catwoman. Okay. So I'm so geeked. Oh my God. I'm go. Girl, go. Go for it. So, you know, you got Anne Hathaway in The Dark Knight Rises, right? And you have Zoe Kravitz in The New Batman. And those were both great Catwomans. Like, mm -hmm. not hats off. Like, they did a great job in, in their respective movies and everything. Like, totally impressive work. Okay. But, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer is, like, the best Catwoman ever for me. Like, I remember very clearly, we didn't really go to the theater much, or the movies, whatever you want to call it, when I was little. And I remember when I watched Batman Returns. Okay, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it's PG-13. Can I watch it? I'm 12. I'm like, am I allowed to watch this? So I'm watching it, and I'm so excited. All right, just a little side note. So, <clears throat> Joel Pfeiffer or Selena Kyle, 1992. She, I totally encourage you to watch the behind the scenes, like YouTube. Okay. For being Catwoman. So just, just a little, like... Like background on her. So Annette Benning, Annette Benning was almost, I know, was almost Catwoman, but she ended up not being Catwoman because she was pregnant at the time and she had to bow out. 
Ah. And then Sean Young, if you guys remember her from like Blade Runner, Dune, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So she actually, if you go on YouTube again and, and watch some of these videos, she she actually hilariously like aggressively went for this part. Like she went like full costume. Oh and, like, shit. <laughs> he appeared on set and burst through the doors of like one of the producers' like offices and like like I think she like jumped over the couch and everything and she's like, I am Catwoman. And like I, I give her how like hats off to her for being so aggressive. And they're just like, okay. <laughs> so Michelle Pfeiffer was eventually selected for Catwoman. So there is a scene on YouTube. If you guys haven't watched it, you have to watch it where she actually like is able to do that scene with the bull whip and the mannequins where she can actually go there and like whip all the heads off of every mannequin. No shit. She actually did it. And she did it like in a, a continuous take. Okay. And she like goes off and like skips like with her bullet. Like she actually did that. Like she worked, uh, I was in, I was so impressed. Yeah. And then there's another part that um, Tim Burton talks about in the movie where um, I think she's talking with the penguin and Danny Danny DeVito playing the penguin and she puts a live bird in her mouth. And she does it for like several seconds and it takes a couple of takes, but she'll, she put the live bird in her mouth for like several seconds and like releases it. But she actually did that. Like Michelle Pfeiffer, like my girl. Like she actually did that. I was like, dang. So here, here's why, for me, why I think she is the best Catwoman. So I know there's a lot of comic book characters that are a lot different from like their, their alter egos versus their like super egos, however you want to put it. She, Michelle Pfeiffer was able to like master the performance of Selena Kyle. And then Catwoman. Hmm. Like, I kind of feel like the other ones, like, didn't really capture that Selena Kyle. Not not fully. Okay. And I, I feel like the those characters didn't really have as much depth to them. Mm-hmm. And it just, I, I feel like if, you know, to actually, like, understand, like, a whole character, you need to master both their egos. Okay. It's possible. You see many characters who have multiple egos. And she just, she did that. And I mean, honestly, like to this day, like if anybody mentions Catwoman, that's, that's the one that I think of. I think of Michelle Pfeiffer. Like she's, okay. like, she's Catwoman to me. Okay. okay. Anyway, sorry. So I'm going to go into the Catwoman that I know then, if that's okay. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, like, I definitely have seen all of the Catwomen. I've also seen, like, you know, the Halle Berry one that we don't really talk about. <laughs> but the one that I want to gush a little bit about is um, the one that's in the Gotham TV series. Um, if none of you have seen it. I highly recommend the Gotham TV series is amazing. I loved it. I loved it. Um, I was upset when it, like, was done, but... Um, Jada Pickett Smith is like one of the person, uh, one of the people that's in there, and she plays Fish Mooney. Um, but anyway, um, Selena Kyle, um, 
that was uh, in Gotham was played by um, uh, Cameron. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to butcher her last name, and I'm so sorry in advance. It's uh, uh, Bicondova uh, for the younger years, and then um, later on down the line, um, uh, Lily Simmons is the one that plays her when she's older. So Cameron actually um, strongly resembles um, a young Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, who p- portrayed ba- uh, Catwoman in 1992 in the uh, Batman Returns. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. These are just like kind of some of um, IMDb's like little fun facts that I found out about her um, and like a little bit of researching on my own as well. Uh, so Cameron actually used to do some dancing. See, Cater knows what's up. She knows she likes Gotham's Catwoman as well. Cool, 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 cool. So um, Cameron uh, did some of her dancing um, in the like moves in Gotham. Um, she actually started dancing like uh, at the age of six um, when she was growing up. Um, Cameron's also the youngest female actor uh, to play Selena Kyle. Um, and if that's not impressive enough, she also played Catwoman longer than any other performer for five years. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, you have to watch it. Like, if you haven't seen it yet, you have to watch it. Um, and then in the episode, um, there's an episode in Gotham where uh, Selena is pushed out of the window in a similar way that Michelle Pfeiffer's character is actually pushed out of the window in Batman Returns by Max. Uh, and that was an homage, uh, many believe, to her. Um, it was also her um, Cameron's idea to have a older... Um, actress play Catwoman later on down the line. Um, I think it was like in season four, maybe even the season finale, um, mm-hmm. due to the um, the way that the show had been headed. Uh, they needed a um, more mature um, female actor. So it was actually her idea. And uh, with her blessing, they pushed to uh, Lily Simmons. But um, I just want to talk a little bit about Gotham. Um, you know, because that's uh, one that holds near and dear to my heart. I love that. No, you know, I've never watched Gotham, but we have to. We have to. I uh, suggest it. Okay. All right. I will take you. Okay. Are you ready for our big finale? I think so. I think I'm yeah. ready. Yeah. Okay. All right. The person who got the most votes was the Red Hood. Oh, everybody loves him. Everybody loves him. All right. Let's talk about him a little bit. All right. Okay. All right. So the Red Hood was actually an alias that was used by multiple characters in the DC comics. So the identity was first used in 1951 by Detective Comics, um, issue 168 you uber nerds out there. Okay. And, all right. The man behind the red hood. So this provides the earliest origin story for the Joker. Believe it or not. I know. I was like, what? I didn't know Joker's red hood. I'm surprised that the Joker actually has an origin story because I know that there's like a lot of them that are like Joker really doesn't have the the he, origin story, you know. You know, they dabble. I've heard a couple, but yeah, the, this this one I'm going to focus on, but I've heard a couple. Um, 
So in this particular one, the Joker is Robert robbing a, a playing card factory. And then he falls into a catch basin full of chemicals. Ta-da! Okay. It disfigures him. Imagine that. And it drives him insane. And this gives birth to his future Joker persona. But just to touch on the, the different types of or, uh, different people that were called Red Hood, the one that I'm primarily going to talk about is our favorite is Jason Todd. Now, anytime like you got anybody talks about Jason Todd, I immediately think about Jensen Eccles. Why? Because that's who voices the Red Hood. I love that man. I'm just going to say it. <laughs> what? I love that man. Like his voice, and like, I don't know if you've ever seen Supernatural, but that is how I got introduced to him. And yes. We're not going to talk about Supernatural. We're not going to talk about it. Okay. That's a, that's a rabbit hole. You're right. We'll talk about, you know what, we're, girl, we're going to talk about Queens and Nerdum is going to talk about Supernatural in the future. Okay. But Jensen Nichols is what always comes from. Angel, thank you. That's right. Absolutely. It's a fantastic series. I absolutely love it. it is, mm, I love it. Okay. I'm going to focus. You guys are <laughs> my, my, my ADHD, like, go off the chain here. So let's talk about Jason Todd. Okay. So five decades later, all right, this identity was used again in 2005-2006 story arc. Okay. So Jason Todd was Batman's sidekick, Robin. There's many different Robins in case there's people that don't know, but he was one of them. Um, the one thing about Jason Todd is that he had a big difficulty with his temper, and he was very reckless. Um, what ended up sending him over the edge was that the Joker blew up a school full of children. Goddamn. <laughs> I know. That's when he decided Joker needed to die. So, you know, you, you look at, like, the movies, like, of Tim Burton's, like, Joker. And I think the ones that come a little bit closer to the animated series. But he's he's a lot darker. Like, even Christopher Nolan's, like, Joker. Like, there, he is so much darker than what they portray him to be. Yet again, yeah. you need to watch Gotham. Yeah. He they have a whole have like children. guy that is the Joker, but not the Joker yeah. at the same time. I get it. Yeah, he's he needed to go. So Jason Todd, same. He's like he needs to go. So, <clears throat> so he, here's what Jason does. So he ends up cutting off comms to Batman. He tracks the Joker down to Arkham Asylum, where the Joker was trapped. He beat him with um. He beat him with a crowbar. Well, he the Joker beat Jason with a crowbar, and he kept him there. So Jason and Joker got in a fight. Joker beat Jason with a crowbar and trapped him there. Damn. Yeah. So the Joker ended up making Jason believe that Batman had basically abandoned him there. And this lasted for about six months. So the Joker ended up faking Jason Todd's death 
by shooting him. So he he made this video, shot him, and what, and sent this footage to Bruce Wayne, and he believed that Jason was actually dead. But what actually happened was that he shot him, but Jason Todd was actually wearing body armor. Okay. And he's slick. <clears throat> so after that, um, poor Jason Todd's torture uh, continued under Harley Quinn. She's crazy. She's legitimately crazy. But amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So she was actually jealous of Jason. And her ultimate goal was to manipulate Jason into believing that Batman um, uh, gave him his, this J brand on his left cheek. So apparently during the torture, the Joker left this J brand on his face and burned it into him. So his um, <clears throat> so Harley Quinn's goal was to be like, oh no, the Batman did that. The Batman did this. Basically mm-hmm. trying to make Batman be the bad guy. Damn. And the ultimate goal was for him to kill Batman. And she just wanted it to be like her and Joker. I guess she felt like Joker was paying like too much attention to Jason Todd and she was, I guess, pretty much jealous. And she just wanted it to be her and Joker, like together forever. Um, and she ended up nicknaming him the Arkham Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've heard that before. Yes. So, a couple of story arcs that kind of get to my point in the end. Um, so the Arkham Asylum incident. So this is where Jason broke free during the Joker's prison break. <clears throat> So the Joker Joker had Deathstroke from Retainer to ensure that Jason didn't leave um, this particular island alive is where the Arkham Asylum is. And then Jason um, persuaded Deathstroke to side with him by breaking into Bruce Wayne's bank accounts and paying him triple. Yeah, paid him triple what the Joker promised him. I know. There's one arc. The next arc is the Arkham City Incident. This sounds very familiar, but they're all building, I promise. Okay. <clears throat> so in this particular situation, the Joker reveals that he still has a partnership with Deathstroke and had instructed um, the Deathstroke and the assassin to help Jason in his revenge. So this was all the Joker's idea. And he actually uh, had reinforced the manipulation that Batman had abandoned him and had encouraged Jason Todd to become the Arkham Knight. So again, the Joker's kind of pushing on like what's going on here. Mm-hmm. So right before the Arkham Knight, okay, Jason decides to form a uh, militia in Venezuela. Okay. <laughs> so his militia and Deathstroke fight Robin and Nightwing. So basically two different Robins, if you will, to test for like any sort of like weaknesses. And they also shadowed Batman to monitor his his activities um, after the Joker's death. Now Jason campaigned, uh, had a campaign of like intimidation to persuade some of the Gotham supervillains to work for him, such as like um, 
Harley Quinn, Firefly, Bane, just to name a few. Okay. And then Jason very reluctantly like partners with Scarecrow because Scarecrow ultimately wants to kill Batman. Hmm. Okay. Now here's the ultimate incident. This is the Arkham Knight incident. So this particular militia that he creates in Venezuela invades Gotham. This kind of reminds me a little bit of um, the last Christopher Nolan Batman movie. Okay. Gotham enforces a mandatory evacuation of the city. Oh, okay, okay. Batman battles all of his old foes and new ones in a single night. Yo. Just one night. What the fuck? That's what I said, dude. I was like, damn, Batman! <laughs> and one night, like fucking everybody, that is insane. So this is actually where Bruce Wayne discovers that Jason Todd is not actually dead. This whole time, like he he thinks that Jason Todd is dead, but he's actually not. Um, he actually can. Batman convinces Jason Todd. To help him like, take down the scarecrow. <clears throat> so a lot of this stuff, it's it's weird. There's pieces of it that I, I see in movies, and then there's also things that I see. Um, if you guys have never watched or if you have HBO Max, you definitely have to watch um Batman under the Red Hood. Um, there's some differences though, like when you talk about the Lazarus pit. The <clears throat> in um, the HBO uh, show, it talks about Razo Ghul, Jason Todd, and the Lazarus bit. That actually didn't happen in the comics. Okay, he's actually never killed the the Joker. Just kind of like simulates that and puts the you know uh, armor on him. Right. And I, um, there's a lot of people that said a lot of the action was really cool to see comic and then kind of incorporate into like a visual like the HBO animated. And then they said that the um, the team up between Jason Todd and Batman has um, was much clearer in Under the Red Hood versus the comics. So there's that. But if you guys have never seen Batman Under the Red Hood, HBO Max, definitely recommend it. It's great. Um, Definitely don't want to miss that. But there you go, guys. Okay. There's your your red hood that you guys like asked for. Loved it. I loved reading about it. I learned so much. Thank you. I'll have to actually look into that because I've actually never seen that. Um Batman yeah. under the red hood. So um AD said that he has seen it. It's very well done. So yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's great. Oh okay. Well now I gotta see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, to go in our uh, final shots and thoughts. Oh, we're probably going to rewatch it tonight. All right, that's good to know. Thanks, hon. Thanks, Thanks, <laughs> All right, so our final shots and thoughts. Um, thank you, everybody that tuned in uh, for your episode three. Um, you can know, just watch the USDN page um, for updates on episode four, as well as we're finally announcing. USDN's episode one coming in one week from today. 
where we're going to be covering um, the uh, Alien and Predator um, franchise in chronological order. Um, so uh, that's going to be at um, 8, uh, I think, Eastern. It might be 7. Um, just look at the page. It'll tell you exactly uh, what uh, you have going on out there. Um, we also have more coming from our interview series um, that we kicked off um, not last weekend, but the weekend prior to that. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to highlight some comic books and cosplay um, communities, mm -hmm. plus much, much more. Um, definitely more to come from everything. Um, and there will be uh, polls posted on the USCM page to help us uh, come up with our Gotham villains for our next episode. Uh, so make sure that you guys uh, do your voting and uh, let us know what you want to see because it was super awesome to have that uh, happen this time. Um, <laughs> and we loved researching it. So thank you guys so much. Um, a special thank you again goes out to the DFPN um, podcast group for all the love and support that they've given us. Uh, we cannot thank you guys enough. Um, special uh, shout out to GGNXBT um, for the amazing logos and uh, the fantastic interview that you guys um, might have seen. But if you haven't, please check it out. It was super awesome doing it. A first interview for all of us um, here. So uh, the way that you guys can head over and see it um, is in our link tree. Um, and then just give it a listen and a like and a subscribe. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is USDN approved. Approved! <laughs>